Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, an interview with Lauren Friedwald. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Lauren Friedwald. Lauren Friedwald is a 35-year-old woman from Queens in New York. By day, she is a public school speech-language pathologist. After hours, she is an actress. Her acting credits include parts in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, White Collar, Royal Pains, and MASH. Ms. Friedwald began to exhibit signs of her tick disease during and shortly after she graduated from college. In an effort to gain a diagnosis for her symptoms, she visited over 10 different doctors. Unfortunately, her only diagnosis was unexplainable symptoms. After returning from a West Coast trip in 2015, her health crashed. Her symptoms developed to the point that she had to take a leave of absence from work. Between 2015 and 2016, she treated with 10 additional doctors. She did not receive a diagnosis until she visited with a Lyme literate doctor. Her LLMD finally tested her and diagnosed her with Lyme disease, Bartonella, and Babesia. Today, Lauren Friedwald has regained about 80 to 85% of her health. Last school year, she returned to work three days per week, and she is looking forward to return to the television and movie sets in the near future. Hi, Lauren Friedwald, and welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Lauren, almost every one of our guests have gone through a transformation where they had one life before they were bitten by a tick and a different life after they were bitten by a tick. Can you share with us what your life was like before your tick disease journey began? Sure. I was always very go, go, go. Even in high school, I was on the track team and I was, um, I was in a lot of clubs and going out with friends and babysitting and just always on the go. And even when I got to college, it was the same thing. I was on a dance team and I was participating in a lot of activities and just had a lot of energy. Um, I was dealing with some health issues in college, but I was still able to function. So I still was able to go, go, go and go to work. And I was acting in the summers and I was baking and doing all of these things and traveling and, uh, until I got bitten by the tick four years ago. So tell us about your career, both uh, in the educational community and in the acting community. Um, so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then after college, I ended up becoming interested in speech pathology. So I went to grad school. I worked in a clinic for a couple of years. And then I ended up working for the public school system in New York for the last 10 years or so. And so I worked in an elementary school with elementary kids. And uh, most of them were special needs kids, some emotionally disturbed kids, um, learning disabilities. And in addition to doing God's work with special needs children, you were also doing some really cool stuff in the uh, theater community? Yeah, so I've always loved acting. Growing up, I was always acting in plays and school um, and outside of school. And about 10 years ago or so, I started acting in TV shows and movies and commercials during my summers when I was off. So I would spend some of the days on set, which is, a real, they're pretty long days. It would usually be about 14 to 16 hour days on set. Um, but I loved it. I agree. So what were your life's goals before you began to exhibit the symptoms of a tick disease? I really enjoyed being a speech pathologist in the school. I loved it. I loved having the summers off and traveling and acting. Um, so I was just having, I was, always very busy and always on the go. And I just, that was the plan to just continue that and just kind of um, explore more of my hobbies like baking. And when did you first begin to show signs of a tick disease? 
I started getting some health issues in college. I started, I was diagnosed with IBS and I had a lot of digestive issues, um, like stomach pain and bloating and nausea. Um, so I was diagnosed with IBS and they gave me some medications for it, but it never, it didn't really help. And over the next few years, I got recurring sinus infections, some fatigue. It, it wasn't debilitating and I was able to function, but I knew that I was more tired than other people. Um, I had eczema, allergies, brain fog, um, tingling sensations in my feet, legs, arms, and face. I was tested for MS and I, it was negative. Um, and I just always thought I had a low immune system because I was always getting sick. I had colds and stomach bugs and viruses. And I went to all these doctors and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. So I just learned to live with the symptoms. Lauren, your symptoms progressed over 12 years from the time you were in college. Can you talk about the progression of your symptoms and how that occurred? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it started with the stomach issues. It's, I felt like I had the low immune system and I was always getting sick. And then I, I think it was 2013, I started, the, the sinus infections just weren't going away. I felt like I always had headaches, just constant headaches, brain fog, fatigue, achiness. I just felt really off. And so I went to a naturopath who diagnosed me with candida, yeast overgrowth, and she treated me for two years. And I did feel a little bit better. I noticed a difference, but I just felt like that wasn't it and there was more going on, but I was still able to function. Um, and then four years ago, I went on a trip to the West Coast that involved a lot of hiking. And I got flu-like symptoms when I, as soon as I got home from the trip, that never went away. Um, I came home and I had headaches and achiness and I felt like um, chills and fevers and sweats and it just, it never went away. And then all of a sudden I started getting more and more symptoms. So with, I probably within three or four months from that, um, after that trip, I ended up getting really intense fatigue, migraines and headaches, swollen and painful lymph nodes muscle pain, neck, shoulder, and back pain, jaw pain, bladder pain, heart palpitations. I had brain fog. I started getting memory issues, um, sweats and chills, lightheadedness. My digestive symptoms got worse. And I also started getting anxiety, depression, and panic attacks out of nowhere. So Lauren, one of our, our posts that we just put to Instagram actually yesterday was that you're one tick bite away from getting a weird flu and then never being the same which is a quote from one of our previous guests, Erica Schlick. So can you relate to that? It sounds like you got this flu and it really changed your life from that point forward. Yeah, I just knew something was totally off and I just, I was trying to push through and it got to the point where I just couldn't function anymore. I was pushing myself to go to work and I was barely making it through the day. I was calling out sick all of the time. And I just felt like there was a before and after of that point of that trip. Something had happened on that trip that completely changed my life. So Lauren, you mentioned before that trip that you, you had a weak immune system and immune system issues. What led you to that conclusion? Um, I felt like I was just always, always getting sick. I would catch every single cold and um, I had flu-like symptoms and viruses, but they would go away. So I would be sick for a week or two and then I would be fine. But I felt like I would be getting stomach bugs. If I traveled somewhere, I would always come back sick. And a couple of doctors mentioned to me, you just have a low immune system and you work in a school. So you're around sick kids all of the time. So I kind of just attributed it to that. I was like, okay, I'm around kids. And so I'm just, and I have a low immune system. So I'm just getting sick a lot. And prior to your trip to the West Coast, were you diagnosed with anything other than candida overgrowth? 
No, the doctors I had seen just said stress. Um, I was never diagnosed with anything else. That was the first diagnosis. And once your symptoms progressed after that trip and you realized that you were just getting worse and worse and worse, what were your doctors saying at that time? So I remember I, I started seeing um, regular doctors. I started seeing some specialists. And I remember going to an endocrinologist with swollen and painful lymph nodes. And I had a list of about 20 symptoms. And she told me that I cut myself shaving. And that's why my lymph nodes looked swollen. And I was completely fine. It was just stress. And which is very invalidating because I couldn't even get out of bed at that point. I was barely making it to work. And so I started seeing um, rheumatologists and neurologists and gastroenterologists and infectious disease doctors. And I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Um, they told me that it, some doctors said stress. And then a couple of doctors said I had some kind of viral or bacterial infection, but they didn't know what it was and there was no way to test for it. So they can give me prescription drugs to manage the symptoms, but there was no way to figure out exactly what I had. Were you able to work still at this time or were you, did you have to step down and focus on your health? I was pushing myself to go to work, but it was really miserable. I felt, I felt like I was always going to pass out. I needed to lay down during my lunch and prep periods. And it was just, it was really hard to function. So I did end up calling out sick, but I, I pushed myself a lot to go in. So I was going in most days at that time. So what doctor ultimately diagnosed you properly with Lyme disease? So I actually went to an acupuncturist. It was three summers ago to manage those symptoms because I was having so much pain. I just, I couldn't function. And she asked me, have you been tested for Lyme disease? And that was the first time anyone mentioned that to me. And she told me I have similar symptoms to her other Lyme patients. So she told me where to go to get tested. And so I ended up going to um, a certain doctor's office where they test and treat for Lyme. And that's where I was finally diagnosed. So it really sounds like clinically at first, your doctors saw Lyme in your symptoms and then pushed you forward to get the proper diagnosis through a, a blood test. Exactly. When I came in, I remember filling out a questionnaire with my symptoms and I had all of the symptoms on the list. And my doctor was like, I'm pretty sure you have Lyme. We're going to do some blood testing to confirm. And I did the Western blot testing first. And I, I did test positive for a few bands, but it wasn't enough to be CDC positive. So then I did IGF testing with, and then I tested positive for Lyme and Bartonella. And you also, from your, your pre-interview questionnaire, mentioned that you did some muscle testing to help diagnose some other things aside from Lyme disease. Can you talk about what the muscle testing test is and what other diseases came out of that test? Sure. So doctors who are trained in it can ask your body. It kind of um, goes directly to your subconscious and kind of ask your body what's going on if you have certain um, infections, certain diseases. So the doctor would ask my body if I had certain diseases and he would get answers. And it kind of sounded crazy. I had never experienced this before, but it actually ended up being accurate because he was able to diagnose me with certain things that was later confirmed on blood work. So I was, um, I tested positive for Lyme and Bartonella through muscle testing. Also Babesia, another co-infection and um, some other viruses like mycoplasma and Epstein-Barr. Lauren, do you believe that you had a tick disease going back to when you were in college, or do you believe that you had a compromised immune system that made you more vulnerable to tick disease when you were bitten four years ago? 
I've thought about that a lot and I'm not sure. Um, part of me thinks maybe I just had a low immune system and um, I was on antibiotics a lot and that kind of even just affected my immune system even more and then just left it, allowed me to be more open to getting the tick bite and more vulnerable, like you said. So I'm thinking that's what it was because there was a definite, there was such a change when I went hiking in the symptoms they weren't as debilitating before. I was able to live with them. So I think I think I might have gotten bitten four years ago. So you mentioned the muscle testing is really a way of your doctor asking your body what's wrong. But for our listeners, can you talk about exactly what that test is like? So what is performed to you so they can have a better understanding of, of what occurs during that test? Sure. So there are a lot of different ways to do it. And I had a couple of different doctors who did it certain who did it different ways. So one of my doctors would put his hand um, on my wrist and be able to ask my body questions and he kind of um, would get certain responses and be able to interpret those responses. And I had another doctor who would do it um, when I did biomagnetism therapy. He would kind of shake my feet and kind of get answers whether my feet were even or uneven. And it, it sounds very strange if you haven't experienced it, but it's it's amazing when you actually experience it and then get confirmation with answers. So you also mentioned that you were diagnosed with mold poisoning through a nasal swab test. So what exactly is that test and how do you get it performed? So it's called Marcon's test, it's M-A-R-C-O-N-S, which um, it tests for antibiotic resistant staph infection. So the test tests for that, but then it also tests for other forms of mold and other infections that might be in your nasal passages. So they inserted a nasal swab deep into my nasal passages and then sent it away for testing. And then I got, I got the results a few weeks later. So I tested negative for Marcon's, um, but I did test positive for a form of mold and staph infection in my sinuses. And I have to ask, all of these tests, were, were any of them covered by insurance? Most of them were not, unfortunately. So now that you have these, these you know, diagnoses with, with Lyme disease and all of these other infections from, from a tick, what's your healing plan with your doctor? So um, when, I first, when I was first diagnosed, I, my gut was in poor shape and she wanted me to do some gut testing first. So I actually tested positive for parasites. So she wanted me to work on gut health for a few months and open my detox passages um, pathways with some with some herbal supplements. So I did that for a few months before starting any of the Lyme treatment. And so probably after three or four months, I started the first herbal for Lyme, um, which I took Beyond Balance. And I took one drop of that and I was out for two weeks. I couldn't move. It was really powerful. So I ended up starting doing, I started doing herbals, but working my way up very, very slowly because um, they're very intense and I was reacting very heavily to them. So I started doing the herbals. I started doing ozone therapy. Um, and then I was also on a lot of supplements to boost my immune system and then also to correct vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So, Lauren, you mentioned that before you even started to attack the Lyme bacteria with your herbal protocol, you did a protocol to open up your body, your body's detox pathways. So that's different than most of our guests and how they were treated. Can you explain why you took that approach before you actually killed off the Lyme bacteria with those herbs? Sure. Um, the doctor said that by opening up the pathways first, it would just give my, my body would be better able to handle all of the 
the herbals and all of the kind of the attacking I was doing, it would just better be able to detox, um, especially because I had been having symptoms for a long time and just my health wasn't quite right. And I, I think probably everyone could benefit from that too. So I did that first for a few months and she, I think that's the technique she uses with everyone. And then when you mentioned the Lyme, the Lyme protocol, once you got past that several months later, I think you mentioned the name. Can you say that again, what the name of the Lyme protocol was? Oh, sure. The brand of um, herbals I used was Beyond Balance. Beyond Balance, right? Yeah. So in addition to the Beyond Balance herbal protocol that you used, you mentioned the ozone therapy. Was that effective? Did you find that helpful in your treatment? Yeah, I found that very effective, actually. I started doing it once a week, and then I went up to four times a week for a couple of months, which was a lot because I was hurting a lot from it. But, um, and then I went back down to once a week. But there was a big difference before and after I started ozone. So I feel like that was a major, that was a major, um, a major treatment for me that really helped. Can you talk a little bit about the, the thought process behind ozone therapy and why it's used to treat Lyme patients? Yeah, so um, I, did a, I did a type of ozone therapy that's called um, MAH. They actually remove some blood from your body and they inject it with ozone. And then they run it through a machine that just is additional, it kills um, viruses and bacteria. And then it goes through an IV back into your bloodstream. So it actually ends up killing the viruses and bacteria in your body while also boosting your immune system. And in addition to ozone therapy, did you try any other therapies to treat your Lyme? I did. So I, I tried UVLRS, which is also an IV where they, um, they insert ultraviolet light into your body. And it kind of has a similar effect to ozone. It's supposed to boost your immune system, kill any viruses or bacteria, increase circulation. I did that for a couple of months. Um, I also took low-dose naltrexone, which is a drug that helps regulate your immune system, and I found that helped a little bit with the pain and fatigue. Um, I also did osteopathic manipulation, which is one of my doctors was an osteopath, and so he would do, he would, I would lay down on a table, and using very gentle movements, he would kind of manipulate the, um, my neck and head and shoulders. And I, it would completely get rid of the pain, which was just any pain relief at that time felt amazing. So I just felt like over time that really helped with my headaches, um, neck pain, back pain. So you really attacked this from a variety of angles. You treated with herbs to first open up your detox pathways, then you treated with herbs to kill the Lyme. And while doing that, you did all these other therapies to help alleviate your symptoms and help boost your immune system. Can you talk about some of the other things that you did? Sure. So I did neural therapy, which is um, the doctor would inject a, it was called procaine. So it was kind of an anesthetic into different parts of your body. And it would kind of help with the pain, but also help reset your nervous system. So I did that for a while. And that also helped with pain. Um, I also did biomagnetism, which was very interesting. I had never heard about this before, but the doctor places magnets on different parts of your body. And it kind of helps regulate the pH in your body and kind of neutralizes the infections. And so it can just help stabilize your body. It can help just um, get rid of any imbalances caused by inflammation or caused by infections. So I did that every few months and I found that to be very helpful. Um, 
I also did Reiki, which is a form of energy healing. And so um, the practitioner places her hands on or over different energy centers in your body, and it helps clear and balance your energy. And I felt like that was really helpful um, for releasing emotional trauma. And I believe very strongly that emotional symptoms and physical symptoms are related. So I found that by releasing some of the emotional issues I was dealing with, then it helped some of the physical symptoms. Lauren, one of the challenges that we uh, are hearing consistently from our guests is that they, they are herxing, and that's a very difficult part of their healing journey. You indicated that you would use an herbal protocol to prepare you to detox. Did you use that just in advance of your, um, of your later treatment plan, or is that something that you use during the entirety of your uh, treatment protocol? So when I first started, it was a set of these three herbs to help detox your kidneys, your liver, um, I think your bladder. So I took those drops in the beginning, and I actually did that a few other times during um, the course of my treatment. I would say maybe like once every six months, just to kind of open everything up again. Was there a specific brand for that protocol as well? You mentioned Beyond Balance with the Lyme protocol. Was there another one for the detox protocol? Yes, I don't remember the name of it. It was, oh, you know what? I think it was called Pecana Kit. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And it came with the set of those three herbs. So in addition to all of these things that you did, which is, I mean, it sounds great that all these things really helped you recover. You did some other things as well. You mentioned in your pre-interview question there, like coffee enemas and shamanic healing. Can you speak about those as well? Sure. Um, so shamanic healing is... Um, for me, it was a combination of emotional healing, energy healing, and spiritual healing. So the sessions combined meditation, Reiki, visualization. Um, during one of the sessions, the practitioner led me back into my childhood to discover emotional wounds that I didn't realize had affected me. And I was able to go back in time and actually feel those emotions I had suppressed and release them. And I felt so much lighter and I kind of noticed a difference in my physical symptoms after doing those sessions. Um, and then, yeah, detox was really helpful for me. So I did a lot of detox, including infrared saunas. I actually got a portable one that fit in my small New York City apartment and I would use it every day. And I feel like that really helped with, um, with pain, managing anxiety, just really all of the symptoms. So I did that daily and I would do coffee enemas weekly. Um, at first they were very intimidating and I was pretty scared to try them. But once I did it, I realized it wasn't bad and I would feel so much better after. So I did that. I did that every week. And that was, those were really helpful to help me detox. Now you got diagnosed about three years ago and you've been treating since then and have tackled this in a variety of different ways. Can you talk about where you are today looking back what you felt was the most effective treatment protocol you used? Sure. I'm about 80 to 85% better today. Um, I'm not treating Lyme right now. I'm just dealing with the aftermath of Lyme. I would say that herbs were really helpful for me. I never took antibiotics and I was able to get to this point just using the natural route. So herbals were really powerful and really helpful. The low-dose naltrexone was really helpful. Um, ozone therapy, um, for pain, the osteopathic manipulation and neural therapy was great. And then energy healing, like biomagnetism. I was also doing acupuncture and the Reiki. Those were really helpful too. And then just constant detox. So 
hoffianimas and for red sauna, I took activated charcoal um, as a binder every day. And so I think the combination of all of those, those are probably what helped me the most. Now, were you able to work throughout all of this? Um, so when I was first diagnosed and started treatment, I was pushing myself to go to work, but I was calling out almost every day. And it got to the point where I had to go on medical leave. I didn't have a choice. So I ended up going on medical leave for almost two years, um, which was a great decision because my body needed that time to rest, to heal, go to appointments, just completely focus on my healing. Um, and then last September, I was able to return to work part-time, three days a week, which was a really big accomplishment for me after two years of not being able to work. So this past year, I worked three days a week. And in addition to that, you mentioned in your pre-interview questionnaire that you're considering going back to doing some acting in the near future. So can you talk about, just for our listeners, if there's anything noteworthy that you've been in in the past as far as movies or television shows? Sure, yeah. I've been in um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, White Collar, Royal Pains, Pan Am, Smash, Michael J. Fox Show. Um, I was in a soccer video game commercial. I just love the energy of being on set. I, it's so much fun. And I especially love period pieces like Pan Am or Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where you go for costume fittings and you get to dress the part of someone from another time period. I love those. Have you been able to return to a social life? I have. Um, I would say it's not the social life I had before I got really sick, but I would say within the past month or so, especially I'm off this summer, so I'm able to sleep more and rest more. And I've been making big, um, just, I've been healing so much. I've been making really big improvements in my healing. So I've been able to go out with friends more. Um, I've been able to go on trips. I went to Colombia a couple of months ago with a friend and that was a big milestone to travel internationally when I was really too sick to travel for years. Lauren, one of the blessings uh, that we have uh, in doing this podcast is every one of our guests have said that something good has come out of their journey. Can you share with us how this has been positively transformational for you, meaning your tick journey? Yeah. So since I got sick, I'm more present and more mindful of everything I do. Um, I started keeping a gratitude journal when I got sick, and I just continue doing that. I find that really helpful to be able to, even on the worst days, find things to be grateful for. Um, I've learned that it was really hard for me to go from being such a go, go, go person to being forced to lay in bed and do nothing. But right now, I realize that, you know, resting, meditating, and doing nothing is really just as productive as actively doing things. Um, because it was during that time that I was able to really learn to connect with myself, listen to my body, feel my emotions, and be open to new ideas, um, creativity, goals, dreams. Um, I've learned to make myself a priority before I would always put people first, but being sick kind of forced me to put myself first, which is something that I needed to do. And I've become a lot more patient with myself. I was always patient with other people, but this healing journey forces you to become patient because it could be very long. So um, I've definitely learned to be more patient with myself. So Lauren, we have one final question for you. Knowing what you know now, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow morning and you found a tick biting you on the leg? I would remove it with tweezers and now there are companies you can send it away to get it tested. 
So I would do that and then immediately go to my Lyme literate medical doctor. I find if you if you're um, if you're, you don't if you don't have one, then you can go on the Global Lyme Alliance page and search for one there in your area and start treatment right away. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Lauren Friedwald. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Lauren Friedwald and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at Lyme Body and Soul or her blog at www.linktree forward slash Lyme Body and Soul. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, Tick Bootcamp has created a Tick Bite Blueprint that was inspired by the information that has been provided by past guests on this podcast. We urge you to visit the website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. Please note we appreciate any improvement suggestions you would like to offer us. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank our listeners for their past comments on this podcast. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.